Welcome to the Sportsline Podcast on CHCH, where we love talking sports from a local perspective. I'm Bubba O'Neill. Well, if you haven't noticed, folks, athletes, teams, and executives from Southern Ontario are gaining national and international attention and notoriety all over the place. And the Sportsline Podcast wants to know your story. Folks, from my early days of enjoying sports, boxing has always been one of my favorites. Names like Ali, Frazier, Foreman, Holmes, and heavyweights like that, Duran, Sugar Ray, Hagler, Hearns, Middle, and Welterweights, I hold certainly close to my sports fandom. As Canadians, George Chavallo, the King, Lennox Lewis, Gotti, the Hiltons, and on a local level, how about Sean O'Sullivan and Dan Sherry, who really got so close to the top. Today, we talk about the Rinelli family that over decades combined to win multiple Canadian titles. So I am real pleased to have the likes of Ryan Rinelli come in and join us here on the Sportsline podcast, where we're going to talk a little bit about boxing which is so cool for me and to learn a little bit about your family I knew about you quite honestly I didn't know that your lines of boxing stretched so far back yeah yeah it started all with uh um I'll give you a little background I started with the Woodland Boxing Club Mm -hmm. in Sudbury Ontario in Valley East uh, just a little outskirt Mm -hmm. of Sudbury and uh, that was with uh, Leo Bertuzzi, who is like a well-known boxing uh, coach in the Sudbury area. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, with things getting so busy, he, uh, you know, he, he decided to pass off the Woodland Boxing Club. And uh, it went to my grandfather, mm-hmm. Bill Rinelli, who, um, who was helping Leo with my dad, my uncles, mm-hmm. uh, in that Woodland Boxing Club. And then, uh, yeah, so he turned it into the Valley's Boxing Club, mm-hmm. uh, which still exists today. And uh, throughout that time, through the 70s and 80s, uh, he coached my uncle, uh, sorry, my four uncles, my dad, uh, to multiple national titles. Uh, also, like, Golden Gloves titles in Syracuse, New Mexico, um all the way down to um, you know local, provincial level boxers, and then uh, even a couple of Olympians. So when you was... were growing up, you had no choice. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's almost uh, felt that way a little bit. Uh-huh. But uh, believe it or not, my dad didn't really push it on me. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought me to uh, the Phoenix Boxing Club um, for the first time when I was like 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, a little background on the Valley's Boxing Club had a little uh, layoff for uh, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so that's why he didn't take me to the Valley's Boxing Club. So we went to the Phoenix and then uh, I didn't like it. I hated it. Yeah. The sport? I hated boxing. Yeah. Okay. The first boxing club I went to, I hated boxing. Uh, you know, you, you it, on sparring day, like I just got thrown in there. And uh, actually, I had to before I got thrown in there. I had to go to the uh, mouth guard drawer, mm-hmm. open up the open up a drawer and pick a mouth guard out of there that fit, which is crazy. Yeah, when you think about it, <laughs> yeah, no. crazy now. Uh, and then I got in there, didn't like it at all. Um, and then um, I, I so I, I quit. Um, maybe a year later, my dad, my uncle. Div- uh, decided to revive the Valley's Boxing Club in the same location, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it was like I was sold mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know. I just like a little bit, maybe a little bit more hunger. I was, you know, a lot can happen in a year at that right. age, and uh, I haven't looked back since. 
What about your rise to a Canadian title? What, how did that all start? I mean, obviously, you're you're fully encompassed in what the training aspect of it, which obviously, as you would know, is is the hard part. <laughs> Getting in the ring is like you know can last for a half an hour, maybe even much less. Yeah, but it's a training and prep. Yeah, it's a preparation that 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 you know gets kind of gets you to where you want to be. How, what about the raise to the top there for you? Definitely, like I definitely did not have a. Uh, straight line to success i i i actually uh i had a very like if you look at my entire career i had a very like average amateur boxing career when you can you know when you compare it to the some of the greats in canada but uh, i was very like fortunate to find uh, an amazing coach uh, in hamilton vinnie ryan from uh, uh rest in peace he uh, died in october uh, from McGrory's Boxing Club, and it helped me, he helped me kind of take it to the next level uh, and win the Canadian Championships in 2006 and 2007. Um, but prior to that, yeah, it was like a roller coaster ride, right? Trying to, uh, which is which is part of why I, I got so um, uh, hooked on boxing. I was like, I had to overcome myself. There was like, you know, there was parts of me that in the gym, you know, you you couldn't master it's like you know i i've got the skills but there's something else in there that's like shutting down right whether it's like mental or you know nerves mm-hmm. or like you know what i mean um not being able to think quickly under those stressful situations all those things combined you right. you know you it's those are things that i just got obsessed with trying to master right and that's what kind of kept me going so uh long story short mm-hmm. <laughs> or short story long mm-hmm. um i had a rough start uh especially as like junior intermediate and then as i got older i actually you know i lost a lot less had a lot more success and right. hit my stride a little later mm-hmm. yeah you know a guy like ali the combinations the speed the endurance you know frazier the left hook mayweather the defense what was your specialty? What made you such a special boxer when you were in the ring? Um, well, I personally, I think like speed, speed and volume, definitely, uh, and conditioning. Like I, you know, I not just not like to toot my own horn, but I, I think I, my conditioning's up there. Um, but uh, if uh, if I had to like um, quote uh, the late and great. Vinny Ryan, I would say that uh, he's, I don't know what I can say on here. Is it okay? Feel yeah, okay, all right. Go wild, it's a podcast. He said, he said, if your balls weren't so big, we'd get you to a lower weight class. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was grit, you know, just keep going. And you fought, what, what weight class were you? Uh, I was. I fought everywhere from uh, flyweight to uh, light welterweight, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was champion, Canadian champion at flyweight. Mm-hmm. which was a better weight for me, a more competitive weight. And then um, one year I won the provincials at the featherweight division. So so going back to your family, again, just so much success, your father as well too. I guess in some ways, is it fair to say that that success breeded success? I would say so, yeah. There's all that, always that, like, and it's funny you, you mentioned that. Like I never, ever for one second thought that I was fueled. Mm-hmm. by um you know the pressure of like you know trying to fill some shoes mm-hmm. um but not until I'm not until like really the last couple of years that I've felt like wow I was I was actually there was something behind there that was like mm-hmm. 
fueling me, right? I was trying to fill those shoes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's been, what I would also say is like, I, I was always like proud of the family history, mm. but it's funny, like I, and I, you know, if anybody asked about, about it, I would always tell people the story. Um, there's pictures, of course, on the wall of my dad and my uncles uh, in the gym. But uh, it now, as I get older, it's it's become a lot more like on the front line to like you appreciate that stuff. To yeah, I appreciate it a lot more, and not to say it wasn't like appreciated before. It was just mm -hmm. almost like it was almost like I didn't want to like look at it because mm -hmm. I out of like fear or doubt of being able to fulfill that pressure yeah okay for those, sure those shoes, they, set, right? they, they set such a high bar such a high bar right. yeah and now now that i'm older i'm like you know what that's it's sick it's uh and and there's a big part of me that just wants to preserve it now mm -hmm. get the word out yeah. and preserve it which uh which is why i'm actually funny enough me and my designer we're uh designing a line of t-shirts uh to uh mem um sorry to uh uh highlight mm -hmm. some of the canadian greats mm -hmm. who aren't getting a lot of love right now mm -hmm. you know because like boxing's like you know you're only as good as your your last fight right mm -hmm. in some ways so uh yeah so i'm launching launching a rick Rinelli shirt okay yeah, it's like a graphic tee mm -hmm. uh with some uh not notable dates mm -hmm. um Canadian title dates and whatnot, and then yeah, so that's gonna be the start of that that uh, that whole line, and then I'm gonna go move on to other um, Canadian greats. Well, I, I think that's so important to to recognize the history, and this goes for any sport because we all come from something, totally. you know, and and to recognize the ones that laid the path down. Um, you want to name? I know I put something up. We had a board there of, of you know your your, your dad. Like, can you want you want to just name some of those people in your family that that were so successful and won titles? Yeah, definitely. There was uh, my my dad was a three-time Canadian champion. Mm -hmm. um, my uncle Danny was like a six to eight time. We don't. Even, I can't even. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. I was trying to get the info from my dad, and he was like, I can't even tell you, man. It was like eight, you know. But uh, I got to look through some records to get mm -hmm. a final number. But he was like an eight-time Canadian champion. Mm -hmm. um, my uncle Billy was a five-time Canadian champion, and uh, I have a little more hard facts on him. He uh, he won a uh, bronze medal at the 1978 uh, Commonwealth Games, mm -hmm. um, which was held in Canada, as you know. Uh, yeah, my uncle Tony. That was Edmonton, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. yeah you yeah. got it. <laughs> you know your sports. Um, and then there was my uncle Tony, who was a provincial level t champion, and my uncle Chris, who was a a champion, Canadian wow. champion, a couple of years. That's incredible. Yeah. All, and. All coached by my grandpa, Bill Rinelli Sr. And uh, but honestly, uh, the Northern Boys really represented Canada for a number of years there in the mm -hmm. 70s and 80s. There's uh, Jill Jill Bizion. Uh Later, there was uh, Phil B uh, Boudreaux who went to the Olympics, uh, and then there was uh, Stuart Mitchell, world mm -hmm. champion uh, in 1992. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the list goes on, man. A lot of a lot of greats in up north, and then. Um, and then, of course, down south, there's, you mentioned him, George Ballo, mm -hmm. Lennox Lewis, uh, a really good friend of mine who, you know, unfortunately, 
uh, didn't get the the world stardom that he should have or would have mm-hmm. in the States mm-hmm. is uh, Steve Molitor. I'm sure okay. you know. Yep. Steve and the Kid Molitor, yep. two-time yep. IBF champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great guy. Would be, it, it, and you, as we lift, list off so many of those names that so many people know, was there one of them? Was there, and obviously you had your family to model after as well too, but was one of them you would consider, uh, I don't know, maybe a hero or someone that maybe you, you modeled yourself after? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My uncle Bill, mm-hmm. he was uh, like his style was unbelievable. He could he could box, he could bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually a, a, a southpaw, mm-hmm. like a left-handed. Wow. Okay. Yeah, left-handed, but they trained him orthodox. Oh. Yeah. So he had a. So he'd go back and forth. Yeah. I think Hagler did that. Yeah. Actually, he wouldn't switch. He just stayed orthodox. He oh. was trained as an orthodox. Stayed orthodox. Yeah. So he had a good left to the body, left mm-hmm. hook to the head. Right. Yeah. And then uh, very confusing so, to face. Yeah, yeah. So I loved his style. He knew how to get in there, and he could box on the outside a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And then um, I always looked up to Steve Molitor. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was like for for what he did. Um, you know, out of you know, he's from Sarnia, but he trained out of Mississauga. Right. For him to put you know Canada on the world map or Ontario on the world map mm-hmm. um, with little to no resources, uh, you know, out here, you know, because we don't have the same infrastructure as like Vegas, yeah, right? for sure. It's not the same opportunities, but he did a big thing. It's it's why I like Pretty a, special. It's it's why a guy like Alenix Lewis, who comes from Kitchener, wins a wins a medal for for Canada in the Olympics. He goes away to England, right? I, I guess that's just because right. there's just better coaching and, as you said, there's better infrastructure. Yeah, better to get infra- to the to, to get to that next level. Hundred percent. And then obviously money talks if you mm-hmm. show up with a gold medal and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know the promoters in Canada are offering you like. Uh, you know, mm. a hot meal. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna go. You're gonna go to England for the million dollar signing bonus. <laughs> yeah, right? for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, money, t- money talks, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, okay, so you have this incredible success and you, an enjoyable career, something that you're very, very proud of. But like everyone in sports, there comes the D day, and there's the, or actually, I call it the R day, retirement, yeah. and that. What do I do next? Was it just natural for you, a natural transition to what you're doing now? Or were there, you know, some times where you just, yeah, what do I do now? Uh, well, I actually coached and uh, fought uh, and moved between the two. You had a game plan. Yeah, I moved between the two laterally. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and funny enough, I was going to go pro in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And then COVID kind of sidelined that a little bit with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the all the complications that came with that but uh now i'm looking to make a pro debut this year really yeah yeah yeah. so i don't have any uh i don't have a contract signed don't have anything like that so i don't want to talk too much on any dates but Mm -hmm. uh you know um in short i mean i just don't want to go out like a punk so Mm -hmm. uh, i I want you know there's still things like i want to prove right um, not in any kind of like, I don't have to prove it to anybody else. Nothing like that. It's just, um, it's always, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you know, when I started boxing, it was always like I had to try and overcome me. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me like hooked mm-hmm. on boxing. And so, um, so that's the same thing, right? Not trying to prove it to anybody else, but just mm-hmm. myself. 
So yeah. where did no excuse come in? Where, where does this, this where does this come in? Established 2008. Yeah, yeah uh, it's a that. place for folks that are you know are maybe not so local to this area. Burlington is kind of a spot right now for yourself and many people to go in there and 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 learn some skills. And uh, again, because of your family so rich in this sport, um, it's a family affair in that building. Definitely, yeah. I mean, my family, um, all my uncles and uh, my dad are still up north in Sudbury. Mm -hmm. I made the move for uh, McGroy's mm -hmm. to train with Vinnie Ryan. Um, so, yeah, so un unfortunately there's no involvement there with my family, but when they come down, they're always supportive. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, this started in Hamilton, 2008, okay. Okay. yeah, on King William, okay. downtown. Mm -hmm. And then we made the move in 2013, mm -hmm. and that's been our home ever since, and... We've got a great community. I've got uh, one of the best amateur, head amateur coaches mm -hmm. in the business, uh, uh, Brandon Tominas. Mm -hmm. uh, he helps uh, kind of fill in the gaps where I can't, you know, because I got a lot, you wear a lot of hats when you're owning a gym and sure. you're coaching. So uh, wherever I can't fill in, he's there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we're building a great community there. Lots of people are any, everywhere from like people just trying to get healthier mm -hmm. to, people thinking ah, i can test the waters and do some sparring all the way up to competition level mm -hmm. we got we got a fight team as well and that's so, an amazing part is that you know and not to be sexist in any sense but you you've opened up the lanes for women to come into the feel comfortable in a gym as well too absolutely yeah, yeah. doors open everybody's accepted uh, as long as you work hard yeah. <laughs> right mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no uh, dis discrimination. It's just the only thing that's not acceptable is, uh, you know, not trying or mm -hmm. even worse, pulling other people down. It's a good community. It's positive, and mm -hmm. uh, everybody's working hard. Um, as far as the female um, clientele goes, yeah, it's obviously boxing gyms have always, you know, um, attracted more guys. Sure. You know. But I did, I did coach a, a female athlete to the Canadian Championships. Mm -hmm. uh, she made it all the way to the, to the North American, or sorry, the, uh, the uh, American Continentals. Mm -hmm. um, in 2017, she got the silver medal there. Um, so we have put ladies on the, on the international mm -hmm. stage. And, uh, and even in, right now, we have uh, uh, Brandon, uh, our head coach mm -hmm. has got uh, a team of uh, very, very hungry uh, female boxers. Mm -hmm. So it's not just for the boys. Mm -hmm. The girls can come out too, and they can get competitive or keep it recreational. It's up right. to them. And, and, and no... sorry, and, and, no. say, and what you've done too, and I know we talked about this off camera, is that, you know, maybe not just boxing, like the, the joining of MMA mixed martial arts and boxing it, it, it was just a natural whatever you want to call it combat sports or not and and you are there to offer all kinds of services and and abilities and learning for people man or woman yeah yeah uh you're right we just launched a, a brazilian jiu-jitsu program mm -hmm. uh so in a way in that way yeah you know worlds are colliding um you know uh, there was a time where like it was almost like there was old school boxing fans, and then there was like new school MMA fans, and it was very separate mm -hmm. uh, for a number of years, especially in North America. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you could see how like um, I think MMA in general just brought more eyes to fighting, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that's spilling over into boxing, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, 
it's been great for fighting and for boxing and martial arts overall. I know there's probably many sayings and quotes and, and that kind of thing that uh, really motivate you. And there was one when I was reading a lot about you that really came to mind that I, I'm going to read to you and you kind of tell me what this means to you. The hero and the coward both feel the same thing, but the hero uses his fear, projects it onto his opponent while the coward runs. It's the same fear, but it's what you do with it that matters. The legendary Customato, and for those who don't know who Customato is, the guy that got Mike Tyson into boxing and refined his skills into being a heavyweight champion. Yeah. When I read those words, what do they mean to you? And and refine his character too. Gr great point. Because yeah. he was never the same once Cust died. No, no. And then now, uh, as he gets older, he's becoming a lot more like humble. He's working towards just being a better human mm -hmm. overall, and mm -hmm. uh, and it's all based on. Cuss's lessons, although mm -hmm. they didn't, you know, they didn't, sometimes it takes a while for lessons to sink in, and uh, mm -hmm. that seems to be the case for Tyson, right? He's looking back on all the lessons that Cuss gave him, and he's becoming, mm -hmm. you know, just a better person, uh, which is cool. But yeah, like, uh, that's a great quote. I mean, Cuss knows, right? Uh, he's been around the sport a long time, or he was in the sport a long time. Mm -hmm. he, he also uh, got Floyd Patterson to the world championship title mm -hmm. level um and that uh, that quote definitely resonates with me and i think it resonates with just about any human being who knows that mm -hmm. there's something that sometimes holds us back mm -hmm. and it goes back to what i was saying that um earlier about what got me like hooked on boxing which is um yeah overcoming yourself and that was you know, a big part of that is fear mm -hmm. right when i was when i was a kid i was sparring i was trying to like do execute all the skills that were taught to me mm -hmm. but you know sometimes that's it's that fear that stands in the way right right and you freeze up and uh but what separates the the average or the good from the best is the ones that can harness it mm -hmm. right use it and and you know perform on the big on the big stage right goes right back to what we were talking about the mental yeah right? the mental and, yeah it's all it's all in one right, right. mental you know, mental, physical, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with stress, dealing oh. with the lights, you know. Right. There's a lot of guys that um, put work on uh, Floyd Mayweather in the gym, but they can't do it under the lights mm -hmm. in front of the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. So. You know, it, it's funny because you talked about the coaching aspect, and I think that's so interesting in the fact that you still have some professional dreams and those were going to be accomplished and that you're going to be approaching that. But the coaching aspect of it as well, too, and how you share your experience onto other people on, on a higher level than just your gym in itself. I mean, I think you had some success at the Brampt, uh, Brampt, Brampton Cup as well, Brampton too. Cup, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, and, and I think that's got to be amazing for you to have your own personal success, but know that, you know, in this case, others are enjoying listening, absorbing what you're teaching them and mixing it in with their own style and, and, and moving on as well too. Where are we right now with all the competitions out there? I think we need to get them out a little bit more and word about them a little bit more. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's always it's always great to see like your teachings kind of manifest in real time mm -hmm. uh, in the ring. Like that's the best, right? That's that's what we all strive for. But uh and and that being said, we're gonna have a, a club show in uh, about six weeks, mm -hmm. um, which is basically like an in-house event. Okay. We match up our fighters with other clubs, and then people come out. Mm -hmm. It's a great time. 
Um, so look, we'll look at that at uh, late March. Okay. Um, and uh, but that being said, um, the competition uh, in Ontario, although it's kind of quiet mm-hmm. for most people, it's happening every weekend. Mm-hmm. There's there's two between two and three uh, club shows, which are like boxing fights. Mm-hmm. Um, every weekend in Ontario so it's so it is thriving mm-hmm. it's it's li- it's alive mm-hmm. it's just a little quiet you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah well we, when this happens for you please let me know <laughs> I will I, I will. mean we yeah. want to promote these kind of things and not just you know out here on on, on this in the Sportsline podcast but yeah. also on my other duties at CHCH with uh, as the anchor as well too because I do believe we got to get more word about this you know because I just I don't know if there's just this feeling of we don't really support this and I see this for for all sports that we only support people when we get to the top but yeah there's boy, a lot of that. but but Watching someone bud and grow, you know all about this. Yeah. It's so rewarding. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the competition is definitely the top, like the, you know, the top echelon for that. Mm-hmm. Like, but uh, um, but in my gym, like, I, I really get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of seeing somebody just get a little bit better every day. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, you know, to compete or it's a, or um, it could also be just a recreational member who, is living healthier mm-hmm. they're striving they're they're in a happier place for their family mm-hmm. you know what i mean they're they're like kicking ass at work and coming into the gym getting better at their craft mm-hmm. maybe one day they'll spar maybe they one day they'll compete maybe they won't but mm-hmm. if they're getting better for me that's a like i take a lot of enjoyment out of that mm-hmm. um and then of course uh all those members kind of get behind the fight team too and we mm-hmm. we help motivate them well, 2024, I've had a thought about doing a little something about this boiler. So maybe we can go in and I can hit the bag a little bit. Hey, man, as long as you don't hit me, you're good. You're, good. you're, you're welcome, man. I don't, I'm not going in the ring with you. That's all. You know what you mean? Before we start, that's... I'm putting that out there. All right. <laughs> Ryan Rinelli, thank you so much for joining us here on the Sportsline Podcast. So much uh, understanding to, or I think respect for the fact of what you've accomplished, what your family have accomplished. You know, you're, you're continuing that name. And I'm really now excited that you broke the news there on this podcast that you have plans to get back in the ring. So please let us know what's going on. We'll, we're certainly happy. I'll be your little sideline promoter as well, too. And, and good luck with expansion of the club and getting the word out there about the, the sport that you love so much and the sport that we both actually love so much. Thanks so much. Right on. You're a beauty, Bubba. All right. Pleasure, but thank you so much. Hey, folks, that is your Sportsline podcast for the day and as we end the week. And as I always ask, if you do know an athlete, a team, or an event to promote, the Sportsline podcast do want to hear and tell your stories as well. So, folks, if you do like and see what you're seeing and hearing, please hit that thumbs up, like, and subscribe button wherever you do watch or listen to your podcast. For the talented minds and hands that make the Sports Lion podcast possible. I thank you, and we will see you next week.